The pandemic has opened nurses' eyes to seek out new careers in nursing. We always get more questions about what other opportunities there are in nursing other than working at the bedside. Both of us have our master's degrees and it has afforded us career advancement, flexibility of schedules, and work-life balance. Going back to school is always an option. And Samuel Merritt University has been educating nurses for over 100 years. They're consistently ranked top in the U.S. for diversity and highest paid graduates. In order to help nurses advance their education during these crazy times, they are offering over a dozen different types of easily obtainable scholarships, starting at $10,000 for any nurse who enrolls in the spring 2022 semester in either their online MSN FMP or DNP FMP programs. So visit them at smumsn.com. Again, that is smumsn.com. Hello, is this thing on? Do you think they can hear us? Nah, let's say it again. Hi, and welcome to the Gritty Nurse Podcast, an unfiltered discussion related to health and healthcare. My name is Amy. And my name is Sarah. And we are your podcast hosts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Amazon, or any other podcast listening platform, don't forget to subscribe so you can get updates to when we have our latest episodes. Also, don't forget to rate and review us. And if you like what you're hearing and you love our advocacy work, don't forget to go to www.grittynurse.com and click on the donate button. As little as $1 or $2 a month for a total of $12 a year, will help us with our monthly podcast costs such as website hosting, our hosting platform, audio equipment, and the time and energy it takes us to put out good quality episodes. We thank you and we appreciate you. Oh, the weather outside is frightful. This is our last episode this year. And since we have no place to go... Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. I was gonna try to say something about <laughs> podcasting, but I was like, uh, I don't know. I, anything witty. I, I just don't have the brain power. I thought you were gonna chime in and start singing. I was like staring at you, and you're just like, I'm not a good <laughs> singer. I don't, I don't want people to hear my singing abilities. Oh my god! I'm sure everyone who listens, when they hear me with my little odd singing voice they they just know what's coming it's just i just do it anyways Who care sarah let's hear that singing voice what's your what's your favorite christmas song i do like i do like the mariah carey classic oh god i've heard that so many times this year already oh no Tempt to sing along to it because those are just notes that are like two octaves too high for me yeah and I, I don't think i could handle that i'd i would need a diaper <laughs> <laughs> you know that radio station that plays Christmas songs from like November? Yeah, yeah. I, I have been listening to that. Oh, okay. No, we, we we just hit up our Spotify playlist and I think it, it always starts with Mariah, but uh it's kind of funny. My son's favorite is Last Christmas by Wham, which is kind of cool. That's a good one too. Yeah. And and every year I have to watch Love Actually. And on the weekend we watched Home Alone, so I'm getting into the spirit. Oh, okay, very, very good. All right, so hi and welcome, everyone. And, you know, this is our last episode of the season, and I can't believe it's been two years. And I I thought that, you know, we shouldn't do anything too fancy. Let's just do a little year-end-in review and just kind of 
talk about how we felt over the last year, last two years. It's been wild. Yeah, you know, actually, the day that we release this episode will be exactly two years from our first episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you believe it? And back no, it's then, wild. No, no, seriously. It was December 16th, 2019. And... All I remember is we didn't know what the hell we were doing. We we're like, let's get this out before Christmas. That was our goal. That was our only goal. And the fact that we had managed to record an episode and figure out all the tech and figure out how to upload it, that was it. I don't know if I'd say we figured out the tech. I think we... We really figured out the tech. We were able to make an audio recording. I finally figured out how to end the recording but we didn't even know how to edit that part of it, and we uploaded it and it wasn't for weeks later until I listened to the very end where I, I caught that part and uh, we didn't even know how to do an intro or an outro or anything you sounded like a 50 year old smoker <laughs> yeah I do remember listening to it and being like what is going on but, you know, I think I think before we even get into this episode, we'd like to thank all of our listeners, our Patreon followers, everyone who is out there that has actually really lifted the green nurse and kind of gave us wings. Like, I couldn't have imagined that two years ago we would be where we are today in terms of the advocacy, in terms of the change that we've been able to see and mobilize. But, you know, I think I, I feel like we're just getting started. Mm -hmm. We had big dreams. We did. And this has even it's exceeded my biggest expectations of what we could do. And really, when we started, we didn't have any role models. It's not like we had someone guiding us every step of the way, holding our hand, taking us under their wing. Like we had people help us along the way in little bits and pieces. But really, it's just been us trying to figure this out and really advocating and continuing to advocate for things that we believe in. Absolutely. And I think I think that's something that we're going to continue and just continue to expand on. And I mean, I think there's no better time to do it than than the time that we've chosen to do it, because I think that this advocacy work is so important. Like we've seen um, the mobilization of other nurses coming out to speak. And I think when we first started this, Sarah, I'm pretty sure like I am pretty sure the only time we heard about nurses in the media was if it was like a nurse that was um, a CEO or an executive or someone who was who, you know, their past vocation was being a nurse, but they're in some other role and we'd hear from them that, that way. Or we'd hear about a nurse in the media that was like in trouble. I think the right, last right. big story I heard about a nurse in the media was Elizabeth Wetlofer. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's not a really good look for our profession, right? That's a terrible look. You, you're talking about a, a serial killer. Like, how much worse could it possibly get? And aside from that, you'd hear about nurses who lost their job because of speaking right, out, right? Right, So it was never portrayed in a positive light. We were always made to be the victim. It was never, it was never that nurses were taking a stance on something and being strong and standing up for what they believe in. Aside from, like you said, the executives and the CEOs, but no one really that had that on the ground perspective that we have and someone that was doing this completely independently of an organization or any, any sort of institution. Yeah, I feel like we've kind of started a little bit of a groundswell with the fact that, you know, we were some of the first nurses in Canada to speak out about what was really happening. And I think that, you know, seeing other nurses doing this, this is amazing. It's amazing to see other nurses advocating for better patient healthcare outcomes, advocating for 
health equity, advocating for, you know, the eradication of bills. Like, did you ever think you'd hear nurses talking about politics? Like, this is crazy. And I'm just, I remember the first time someone said to said to us, you two are the voice of nursing in Canada. I remember being like, no, 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 no. Like that, that can't be, that can't be it. And, um, now to seeing people like citing our work in universities and doing keynote speaks and and you know being called on the media as as experts i i couldn't imagine that we'd ever be in this place and i think that the more i see other nurses doing this the more i feel that there is going to be some good or some change that will come about us starting a podcast 2 years ago I know. So so maybe, Amy, you and I can do like a year in review. We can talk about some of the highs and some of the lows that stood out in your mind. So do you want to do you want to start off with some highs of, you know, whatever comes to your mind? So a big high point for me, um, Vivian Stamatopoulos, Dr. Vivian Stamatopoulos. What a force. Like I think when I think of healthcare advocacy and I think of leadership and I think of change, she is one of the first people that comes to my mind. She is a powerhouse. Like every time she is out there, I can truly feel that it's not about her. It's not about the image. It's not about any of that other nonsense. Like she is really trying to change the face of long-term care in Canada and call out some of the crazy bad actors that are in long-term care. Like, how is it that we had to wait for the army to come in to say Mm -hmm. how bad it was in long-term care, knowing that we knew how bad it was? We had to wait till we had, you know, other people saying this is worse than some some war-torn areas that they've seen. Like, there's so much work to be done. And honestly, Dr. Vivian Stamatopoulos has been a force to be reckoned with. So she's definitely a highlight on some of the the conversations that we've had this year in terms of um, COVID-19 and the pandemic. She's definitely a force. And I remember our podcast recording with her. And she, honestly, of all the guests we've had, she's probably one of the strongest personalities we've had. And she actually apologized afterwards for not being on her game. Right. And I because remember. She'd, <laughs> she'd been doing <laughs> interviews all day. And I'm like, if this is you not on your game, I, I don't even know what it would be if you were, you know, 100%. That would be just, you'd be like flying off the screen or something. One of the episodes that I really liked was our episode on allyship, anti-Asian racism, and white adjacency because it was really impactful for me to have another woman come on who's also Asian and someone that I really respect. And her message resonated with me a lot. And we were talking about it because of all the anti-Asian incidents that were happening, especially down in the States. And she really brought a lot of her own perspectives. And I know she advocates for this all the time. So I really enjoyed that episode. And another one I really liked, which was more of our funnier ones, was um, travel nursing with Nurse Q. Oh, my God. Nurse Q. He was the best. He was so funny. And just, you know, like every time I think of that episode, I think of Bill Burr. Like it just it just his humor, his energy was just like it was just kind of what we needed kind of at that point in time, too, when we were recording, because there was so much like really horrible stuff happening. And still there's a lot of horrible stuff happening. 
but there are times where you know we have to see that silver lining and he was an amazing guest and if you guys have not listened to that episode you definitely have to because he was he was definitely amazing to have Mm-hmm. Another one that kind of stands out in my mind is is actually an episode that has just recently been highlighted by the CPSO, so the College of Surgeons and Physicians of Ontario. So one of my advocates, Dr. Saru Sharda, she's actually kind of championing the whole equity, diversity, inclusion movement for the College of Surgeons and Physicians, and they featured us in an article in their most oh, re- recent publication. Oh, you got to yes, send it they to me. Did. Yeah, it's on Twitter. So I was like super excited when she said, hey, Amy, check this out. And this is some really great work that we're doing um, for EDI. And when I opened it up, I was like, oh, my God, like we are being talked about as champions as well doing work in EDI. So that episode with her on narrative medicine and the work that she's doing blew me away because I, I honestly think that, you know, medicine and healthcare is is a challenging place and it's even more challenging when we don't talk about issues related to race ethnicity because we know that racism in healthcare is a problem um and and you know seeing this groundswell and i'm really hoping and i know that some of the people that we work with and that we uh, partner with they are truly on the journey to allyship they are truly dedicated to the edi work that needs to be done to change ha- to change and see better healthcare outcomes and i know that um dr sarusharda is dedicated and it was just that episode i felt was really really powerful and i think it actually resonated with many different people and it was again one of my favorite uh episodes to record mhm uh, another one that I really liked was our episode, Kathy Crow on uh, homelessness and what what it's going to take to really change that situation. And Kathy Crow is one of the people that you and I probably have looked up to since we were in nursing school. So she's really well known in Canada. We're, yes, yes, we're yes. bowing down to her. She's she's known even outside of nursing. So a friend of mine, she completed her master's of social work not too long ago. She was even raving about Kathy Crow. And, you know, Kathy is... She's like the OG. That's the only way I can really describe her. She's really one of the first nurse advocates that is out there and continues to be out there advocating for what she believes in. And I follow her on Twitter and she keeps me up to date with what's happening with street nursing and homelessness and what needs to happen every time there's a situation or someone that passes away. I I read the post and I feel her passion. And I think that it's something that will never go away for her. Yeah, I mean, I think when I when we had the opportunity to meet her, I just remember being so kind of starstruck because because I mean, I remember learning about Kathy Crow in nursing school and to finally, you know, I don't think they even did her justice. Like, I think they talked about the work that she did, but the work that she does is so amazing. And it's it's really actually revolutionary in terms of what she can do. And I think more nurses should be pulled to the community to understanding, you know, what does the social determinants of health really look like on the street level or, you know, at that that level? And she's taught me a lot too. like, again, like you said, we follow her on Twitter and even learning about the encampments and all of the things that happen during COVID-19 to people that are precariously housed. It's it's a travesty watching them go through Trinity Bellwoods and rip through these encampments. And, you know, then we have anti-vaxxers and they just stand by and watch. Like it's it's a whole other issue with disparities and uh, inequities. Again, another area that needs a lot of focus. And I hope maybe we can even focus on 
on um, some of those aspects a little bit more in the new year because I think they're really, really important as well. Mm -hmm. One more high that I just want to throw in there was, again, I think I've mentioned this many, many times, but um, I had a surgery. And uh, so I had my knee surgery. And then just three days after that, we actually recorded with uh, Dr. Alika LaFontaine. And he's an anesthesiologist. And he's uh, the incoming um, CMA president, president elect. It was just such an eye opening experience. And I remember kind of, you know, we talk about this whole like the pain is what the patient says it is. And still to this day, I know people aren't doing that work. And and his story about his brother, it just it just stood. It stays with me. And it's kind of how some of the experiences of, you know, my own my own black family members, particularly my mom, who told me about an experience she had in a hospital where she, in her community, I wouldn't say she was disheveled, but she like woke up late in the night with the, with, you know, issues with her heart. And of course, her hair wasn't combed. She looked whatever. She looked kind of, you know, she looked dis- disheveled, but they treated her as she was like an awful person. Like they treated her with disregard and and we've heard countless accounts where people talk about you know particularly uh black individuals they feel that they need to do their hair and makeup mm-hmm. before they go to the hospital right and then um this just kind of circling back to the story where doc uh, lafontaine his brother is actually a dentist and i think the end quote was something along the lines of it doesn't matter whether i'm in that white coat when i took off all of my attire my status changed and essentially i was no longer this person of privilege i was just seen as another indigenous person in the ed and hearing his brother's story of you know misdiagnosis or you know um not being diagnosed properly and having to seek additional resources and support till he ended up having, you know, life-saving surgery. It's, it's scary. Like these are things we have to deal with. And again, um, I just found that he, when I met him previously, his ability to speak is just captivating. And I think that if we could have him again next year, that would be great as well. Mm -hmm. But yes, we should jump into the, uh, the bad stuff. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to just list off what I had written. So Number one, all right. Online hate and seeing it happen to others. Bill one twenty four. Uh, anti vaxxers mm. protesting in front of hospitals, watching colleagues leave, and the rise of misinformation. All of these things kind of jumped out at me as issues that really affected the healthcare community and contributed to the negative feelings that we're having in general. Yeah, absolutely. I think. You know, I think the biggest thing there, um, and maybe one that you you haven't mentioned, and that I've noticed in this evolution of COVID nineteen is is actually the the breakdown of families, and it's unbelievable how COVID nineteen has really broken down families, broken down relationships because of you know political stances, because of ideologies, because of health misinformation. It's wild. Like I mean, when I think back to the beginning of this pandemic and just hearing you know people's thoughts or opinions like I think we have to take it back to the fact that you know um there was this whole thing with the election we're not Americans but we listen to a lot of American politics and we understand what's happening out there because you know trust me the shit rolls downhill whatever happens out there just comes down to us right and well I should say up to us Uh, but um I think when Donald Trump was going to be when he was initially elected it kind of all like it was snowballing from before but when he got into 
became the present, I remember thinking it was a joke. Like, it's not April, but it's got to be an early or late joke or something. Right. It was just crazy. I just remember, and and I remember being like, hmm, this is a, this is a little bit bizarre. Let let's kind of see how this rolls, and it unfolded just as a nightmare, and then. Uh, leading to you know the time that he was essentially um, Joe Biden won, and there was that whole like the conspiracy theories were all out there. COVID had already been hitting. The world just got weird. Like, I mean, it was weird before, but it's just like so much more weird. I think that's the only way I could really describe it. I'm sure there's other ways, but just people's behavior, right? Like people's behavior when it came to them thinking that the government was being overthrown or the elections were wrong or or the opinions that you know i'd rather take horse dewormer than go to a hospital when did it turn out that nurses and physicians were bad people and lying about the care that they delivered when did it become that you know this is experimental drugs experimental treatment did people forget how drugs and things were made in the past? Like to us, it wasn't new. I think the only thing that was new was how quickly the the vaccine was created. But that's because they had brilliant minds literally from across the world working on this. Not sit and the thing is, there was a lot, there's a lot of bureaucracy. I think there's something called, I think they say it's like the um translation to practice guideline, and it's like 13 years. But when we're looking at something as crippling as COVID-19, people got together and was like, we need to fight this. We need to figure this out. And I never thought ever that a vaccine would have been this big of a deal. Like people get vaccinated all the time for all sorts of different things. Like, right. Like it's unbelievable how wild this has gotten and it's destroyed relationships, friendships, marriages, it's crazy. I think that's wild. Yeah, that is wild. And really, I when I think like you can't make stuff like this up. So this is how you know this is how the world's become. And I think that maybe as we get older and we learn more, we just have this more cynical view of the world. And I don't want to think that way. But sometimes like I can't help it because of what's happening everywhere. Yeah, so there's been there's definitely been some lows for sure. Maybe we could talk about also what our goals are for next year. Cuz I haven't really oh, I've no. really talked to you about this. Dun, 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 <laughs> the goals. Um yeah, why don't you start? What are, what are your what are your goals, dreams, aspirations for next year? Well, without getting super deep, I do want to mention a few people I would love to have on the podcast and if these people are listening, please reach out to us. <laughs> so, um I would definitely love to have Tina from Goodness Badners. She has an awesome true crime podcast. We were on her podcast uh, maybe about a year ago and I would love to have her come on. Maybe we can do uh, a good nurse, bad nurse story, kind of like she does on her podcast. Cool, yeah. And I've been talking about this for a long time. Nurse Blake would love to have him come on. Nurse Blake. <laughs> <laughs> come to the great white north, literally white north. No, I, I mean, come and talk to some Canadian nurses. And this is really my stretch goal. It probably will never happen, but I'm going to say it anyway. Corey Bush. That would be an amazing guest. I would be I know. floored to speak to Corey Bush. Like I'd be like, please tell me your secrets. <laughs> She's an amazing <laughs> woman. Like I think all of the people that we've outlined would be amazing. But Corey, 
if you're listening or anybody out there that knows Corey, please tell her to come on the Gritty Nurse podcast. <laughs> we will drop we'll drop everything. Doesn't matter. You oh yes. Half an hour for us. We'll we'll make it happen. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, those are some great aspirations. Anything else? I think just in continuing with our speaking engagements at universities and other organizations, I think that's really important for us to uh, continue to get out there in different ways. And nursing week is, I don't want to say it's coming up. It's like five months away, but I'm really looking forward to doing some awesome giveaways again for nursing week. We did some last year. I want to do that again. And um, really just reaching out to our U.S. listeners a bit more because I love hearing from nurses of all different locations and all different backgrounds. And the U.S. is not too far away. So I think that we have a lot of people to yet to connect with in the States. And I'm really excited just about advocating in general and teaching nurses how to get out there. So whether it be using social media a bit more, doing podcasting, speaking to the media, whatever way you can gain your platform in order to uh, share your voice. I think that's really important for nursing. Yeah, no, those are all really great things. I mean, you know me, Sarah, I'm always like shooting for the moon. Who who knows what will happen <laughs> next, right? Like, I mean, I've always had this goal where wouldn't it be super cool if we had our own, like we have our own show, our own podcast. What would it be like if we actually had a live studio that we had where we had our like our own tape recording of the Greeners podcast live. I think that would be super cool. I don't know if that'll ever happen, but that is a goal that we that I have that I think would be really awesome. And I think just be another cool way to see nurses do something different. I mean, why not? Dr. Oz just left his show. Let's take his spot. You know what I oh, mean? Did he just leave his show? He did. What a crazy no. look. Even, <laughs> no one's going to elect him. But anyways, I mean, like, yeah, wh- why Why not a nurse? Why not, you know, two healthcare professionals speaking about these, these, uh, these concerns? Why not, right? Put some racialized people out there for God's sake. I know, I know. <laughs> What else do I have in terms of aspirations? Like, I mean, I think it would be really cool if we wrote a book, right, Sarah? Like, I think that'd be oh, yeah. kind of the next evolution of things to come. So, you know, I, th- I think that'd be really neat. Again, yeah. Like, I mean, I think it'd be really cool if we're, we can engage and connect a little bit more with some of our audiences in terms of speaking engagements, keynotes, workshops, and those things. I think that that's something that we're building on our portfolios and definitely something that we'd be interested in doing. I I don't, I don't know where to next. Like, I think that Mm -hmm. I, I think the sky's the limit and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what comes in 2022. I'm, I'm very hopeful. I'm optimistic. And I think that, you know, we just have to keep trudging along and, and see what happens next. Yeah. I actually compiled some numbers to recap our year. So either you and I together or me separately or you separately, but mostly together, we did 56 TV slash radio appearances, 49 Gritty Nurse episodes, including this one, 26 print media appearances, nine podcast guesting appearances, five speaking engagements, two nursing rallies, and that equates to one crazy busy year. 
a very very busy year and you know it's 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 actually so funny like i think i think those those numbers don't account for well they account for our syndication but remember our syndication is like oh, yeah one, yeah one per like all across canada and remember we used to do like 16 17 spots at a time so so you know what actually i counted that accurate <laughs> i counted so when i said when i said 56 tv radio one of those could have actually been 20 smaller interviews so yeah, it's probably insane. over 100 it's yeah. definitely over 100 which is unbelievable for for you know two people thank god we could divide and conquer because i mean um it, it's wild but i mean i think that this is just something i want to do and something that i think is so important and i think that you know who best to podcast with you're like my my ying to my yang and i hope that doesn't sound Aww. weird but like i mean <laughs> I think we both bring a different flavor and a different perspective. And I think that's why people continue to listen. They're just like, hey, you know, what's Sarah's take? Hey, what's Amy's take? And we compliment each other that way. So, I mean, it's just it's just really cool to get to do this. But we do need a break. <laughs> oh, we do. This is why we're taking a two-week break. And we've pre-recorded a whole bunch of episodes for next year. And, you know, one of the questions we get all the time is why did we start the podcast? And I'm not going to answer that because I think we've talked about it to death. But what I want to say is like, before that, you and I used to call each other all the time while we were driving home from work and kind of decompress and debrief the day and talk about how stressful it was. And I think that was really how we developed our conversational style, right? So I would get in my car to drive home from work. It was usually like a 30 to 45 minute drive. And then I'd be like, call Amy. And then we would just we would just talk to each other all the way like until we got home and sometimes even after. We'd so I feel venting. like <laughs> when we started podcasting, it was like just talking on the phone again, but a little more structured. Yeah. And it's kind of where it really started. Like you're like on my speed dial. Like I know your number off by heart. I don't know very many people's numbers off by heart, but that's really how it started before, you know, everything happened where we decided to leave our jobs that we were at to start this so that was really the pre-podcast thing that we had to do I can't talk right now I know what you're trying <laughs> to say it's okay <laughs> but yeah I mean I, th I think that um again we're gonna have for the new year like I know we already have some really great guests lined up so I'm pretty excited about that if there are stories out there or there's things that you you want to bring to the light bring it to us we will help you get your story told. We will share your story and your ideas and we'll, we'll make your voice heard and we'll make sure that people can hear you because that's the whole point of us doing the work that we're doing. It's to lift other people's stories up, to show that grit, right? We are the mm -hmm. Gritty Nurse Podcast after all. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you for listening, everyone, and have a happy, happy New Year. 